It's 99 episodes and Grek only messed up one. We're coming back from our largest technical screw-up to celebrate all the stars. Remember, Aaron Henry, do some COVID hand-wringing and indulge in some more speculation on conference realignment. You're, of course, listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk, but maybe not record a podcast. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man who's eating all the crow, Kevin Grek. Grek, I believe you made me read a cold open in which you threatened to leave the pod. And here we are, good sir. How are you today? I, You know, honestly, I preferred the Grek cut, and I think... The listenership did as well. Like, who like, needs you on the podcast, really? <laughs> it should just be me the entire time. I, Talking I into think, a void. Yeah. I think you're just worse than than silence. Um, Would you put the, the Grek cut above the Snyder cut or a bat on par? I don't know. The Snyder cut is also really dull. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to say push. Between those two. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, folks, thank you, of course, for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the podcast with Spartans in your life. Just make sure it's the correct edition. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts and follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Kevin, what's the structure of today's show? Well, we're starting to get back into structure, Michael Jones. Uh, there's stuff to talk about everywhere this week. Uh, we'll start with the Green Wall, where the where we discuss sports on campus in East Lansing. Then we'll go off Grand River and explore the greater world of sports. Although, again, I'm realizing not the Olympics, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> go somewhere else for Olympics talk, I guess. Uh, then we'll, uh, we'll take your Twitter questions, which are a a real gem this week. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, football, Jonesy. Uh, yeah. Speaking of crow that I have to eat, yes. uh, there has been a development in recruiting. Walk us through this. Yeah, so uh, long rumored, I believe discussed on the podcast, but mm-hmm. Alex Van Sumeren, defensive lineman, probably defensive tackle, uh, four-star composite player, who is the fourth ranked player in the state of Michigan, 22nd, I'm sorry, 26th defensive lineman in the country, uh, and 180th overall has committed to Michigan State. Uh, if the name, if Alex Van Sumeren is not familiar to you, but Van Sumeren sounds familiar, it's because his brother transferred from the University of Michigan to Michigan State this past year. Gave him the old middle finger on the way out, too, with the, uh, the quote if, um, uh, something about it. Come on, help me out here, Greg. Yeah, the, I, mean, I don't remember what the quote the was. villain or you know, yeah. if, if, something, something like that. Yeah, it, anyway, it was not um amicable parting. It seemed no, no. Uh, it, it, to to use the quote correctly, no love was lost. Correct. Um, but so Alex is uh, again. We've discussed on the pod for his offer list, and so um, you know, we we do like. You know, Grek has complained about some stars in the past. We like the stars, but we do like looking at peer recruiting groups. So, of course, Northwestern has offered. Yep. Of course, Penn State has offered. Of course, Michigan has offered. But, Kevin, little schools like Texas A&M, Alabama. Auburn. Auburn. Clemson. Yeah. 
Kentucky, Nebraska, Oregon, West Virginia, Wisconsin have all offered Alex. He is a big get. The biggest get of, the, you know, according to stars anyway, of the Mel Tucker uh, era, or at least for this class, maybe second highest. I got to look at Mahan. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? So uh, that was slightly higher. So second biggest on paper recruit of the Mel Tucker era. Um, though, I, if I recall correctly, Ma being from the West Coast had more Pac-12 interest. Sure. Um, I don't know that he had the Bama and the Clemson offers uh, to his name. It doesn't really matter. Either way, big get. Yeah. Big get. Huge. Huge. Uh, we're starting to see kind of what Mel Tucker's been talking about. I, I know that I've... My angle has been we're not there yet on the Mel Tucker recruiting uh, story. I think I think we sort of there's a element of the fan base and of the media that just takes it for for granted that Mel Tucker is going to be a good recruiter. My position has been that might be true. We haven't seen it yet. We're starting to. So between Van Sumrin, between Antonio Gates Jr. as we saw last week, between Kate and Hauser, um, and you know a number of the transfers. Um, we're starting to see some dudes, some guys, some chaps coming in the door. So yeah. uh, off to a good start here and looking to continue this momentum in the future. Anything else about, about Alex that's important? No, I would just say I, I did note before we started recording, it sounds like there's another four-star prospect that we may be losing out on um, on the offensive line. And... Uh, I, I think it's worth remembering that we wrapped up offensive line recruiting pretty quickly in the cycle. Um, Coach Cap got his guys. And while it would have been nice to pick up if this recruit ends up committing elsewhere, um, just I wouldn't have a total meltdown as a fan base that we missed out on a four-star guy because we. It, I think we've clearly seen that, that this coaching staff um, has the guys they offer and doesn't expand the board. They'll go to the portal. Mel Tucker mm -hmm. said as much, uh, has said as much multiple times. So Alex is a huge get. Um, the class is coming to a close now. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're closer to being done than not. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it all shakes out. But currently Michigan State's, not that this really matters, but is uh, 23rd nationally. Um, I suspect we probably end... Like we, I think we said this last week, low 30s. Sure. 32-ish. Right. When you consider that there are 17 commits in this class and we're not expecting a huge number more, I, I think, what, five maximum? Yeah, something yeah like five, that? five at the tops, yeah. Um, that would be a relatively small class. So small classes kind of hurt you for recruiting generally. And then just the fact that those guys filling those spots, probably not going to generally be highly rated players in the way that Alex is. So, um, and having a kicker, I, 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 it is worth mentioning that having a kicker in your class is going to drag your class down a bit. It, it is. It's true. They're, they, they all say that they're six star athletes, but they're not. <laughs> right. Sorry, like Jack. <laughs> it's not a crazy take. You were three star, my man. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> God, Jack. <laughs> so anyway, I, look, we've Ben Van Sumer, uh, Alex's brother, is is clearly a, a D one athlete. 
who has seen the field, Alex, by recruiting standards as a prospect or, you know, is, is projected to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's a big get that may or may not translate to the field. Um, and I'm going to continue to call him a commit despite what local columnists would prefer to say. So, okay, good. It's, you, I'm just, I'm done with that shtick. It's so boring. You should be. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on, moving off, uh, off of this subject and into basketball. Oh, we have, wait, real quick, Kevin, oh. don't you want to let the people know? Football position previews are coming out soon. Oh, that's a great point. We should let the people know that because, uh, how many weeks is it until football at this point? I believe we've got four or five episodes left. What? Which, Kevin, is it worth, I mean, we called it out at the beginning, but to be very clear, next week will be our 100th episode, published episode. Uh, what are we going to do? I, I say we do it, uh, I say, yeah, unlike normally, I say we look at each other while we do it. No, pass. <laughs> do not want. <laughs> You're going to learn about my, my process, and uh, that makes me uncomfortable. So, okay. Okay. Mm, my um, get comfortable over here. Uh, no, we we got to do something. I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't be doing a clip show because I can barely be responsible. Pass for the amount of editing <laughs> that I'm asked to do on a normal basis. So it's going to be a fairly uh, normal hundredth episode. But uh, you know, maybe maybe I bring back you know vibes from a couple weeks ago. I don't know. We'll yeah, out. maybe we could we can create a drinking game or something like that and mm. play. Mm. Um, also, you know, you're gonna have to teach me how to do some editing uh, because it sounds like you're very busy and can't be bothered to do it. Yeah, but that's true. Anyway, basketball. Let's move on to that. Uh, we'll talk special teams next week because that's what everyone's clamoring for. Uh, Battle for Atlantis. Uh, yeah. This is noteworthy, right? It's a loaded field. Yes. So I believe. It's called out Loyola here. Do we know that Loyola will be the first game? Yes. Uh, okay. So we have that. We have that information. Loyola Chicago will be the first game. Other teams in the field include Arizona State, Auburn, Baylor, UConn, Syracuse, VCU. So uh, pretty good field. I I can't say that I'm familiar with what the Syracuse team is going to look like next year. With the Boring is what they'll look like. <laughs> Garbage is what they will look like. Or what the the Baylor team is up to these days. Um, I think they graduated like everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, the reigning national champs are in there. Uh, UConn's in there, although it's been a minute since I've watched a UConn game too, I'll be honest. But, um, you know, there's another block S in the field. VCU's there. Auburn's there. Arizona State's there. So So I will also say... um, that Loyola is uh, returning seven other top eight contributors from last year um, and added uh, three transfers, including a former four-star from Indiana. Um, it's, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be a loaded field. That's all I'm saying is that um, in a, in a team that we hope I think is maybe the, the best way of saying it, that will will come out better than this past year but still has a lot of room to grow. Um, these tournaments might be tough, mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly, particularly with a, 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 um, a club like Loyola that is loaded with upperclassmen dudes. 
Now they do have a new uh, coach in um, Drew Valentine, so maybe maybe Drew's not good at his job. Hopefully, I guess. Do I well, root for that? I don't know what I do. I root for that. I don't know. We want him to be not good at his job that day. Um, right. <laughs> all other days, we want him to be really good at his job, but not that day. Thank for you. those who don't know, Drew Valentine is is of course brother of Denzel Valentine, uh, former Spartan. So. Um, speaking of former Spartans, Kevin, Aaron Henry. Yes. Uh, goes undrafted. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, luckily there's not a streak that we needed to worry about in this one. Um, but does sign a two-way deal with the 76ers. Um, let's set the Sixers aside for a second. And I mean, obviously we wish Aaron Henry well. This is not a podcast that particularly cares about the NBA. Um, I was a bit surprised he went undrafted, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and was not shocked at all. No, I don't think I don't think you should be shocked by it. But I mean, I did expect him to get picked up in the second round somewhere. I'll be honest; I I was expecting mid second round. I I know that there were mock drafts at times during the season that had him going in the late first. I just didn't think that he showed anything this season that was going to dramatically improve his his NBA draft stock. I'll go one further. Season. I think he showed things this past season that worsened his draft stock. Could be. But there were also, you know, large numbers of games this season where as a Spartan, you know, fan watcher, like sure. put that team on his back and absolutely wins. So don't disagree. It's, I want to be I want to be on record that I don't disagree with that. So it's an unfortunate end. I know that everyone's, you know, excited for him for ending up in the league one way or another, but um a two-way contract Can it, you I mean, let people know what that means for those who might not know? Well, it means that he's going to operate it within their system and he'll have the opportunity to go back and forth between the 76ers and the uh, their their G League team. So he gets paid a little bit more than just a G League player. Um, and he'll be operating somewhere in like NBA purgatory between the two organizations. So, but I believe uh, Bryn Forbes also signed a, a, a two-way deal. Correct. And I think so, Cassius signed a two-way deal out yeah. of uh, straight out. Who, of, who uh, may now be... The Wizards point guard. Well, because they just unloaded everybody. <laughs> yeah, the, things are in flux over in Washington right now. So, but either way, genuinely happy for Aaron Henry. I do think it made sense that he left. You know, um, and and I I hope that he ends up somewhere that um, whether it's it's staying with the 76ers or, or or somewhere better in terms of a commitment to his development, because mm-hmm. obviously the dude can can guard at at an NBA level. Yeah, but it, his, it, it, his shooting is bad. It's been regressing, unfortunately. So, so yeah. Um, so the last thing, Kevin, that I, you know, I think we should talk about and we'll probably talk about more next week in case um, someone who may or may not be list, listener of the pod, Alex Plum, mm. um, may or may not be on the podcast. Who? But to... <laughs> um he's coming for us uh but the uh the question is 
not a question. The, the announcement comes out that Michigan State, along with the University of Michigan, are both requiring masks on campus mm-hmm. and are now requiring with, uh, you know, proof of vaccination for faculty, staff, and employees. This is, um, I will say, on the on on the 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 hand of proof of vaccination, I think is heartening for people who are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, the masks are a bit of a bummer, and it has me concerned about our rendezvous plans. You think so? I I'm just saying, got I me mean, concerned. Remember. The athletic department at MSU has announced that it has every intent to host in-person football events this year. So, oh, I'm coming either way. Right. So there, there is that expectation out there. They mean to do it. It's a lot of money to leave on the table. Have you seen the pictures of like Lollapalooza this weekend though? At the same time? No, it's just like, guys, it is still a pandemic. It's unbelievable just like completely back to normal music festival look and feel like i don't know if chicago should have limited the number of tickets sold or or how really you regulate a music festival it's probably very difficult to do but still it's yeah anyway um i think it's safe to say that it is the uh position of this podcast that this is a, a good decision correct Yes, uh, yes, particularly as it relates to the vaccination, proof of vaccination. So we'll let our uh, top listener address this next week if he can be bothered to join. But um, in the meantime, it does seem like the Big Ten uh, universities are going in this direction, including Indiana, who I believe, and I have not been keeping up to date on this, so maybe I should make a note of this to do it uh, next week. Indiana is currently being uh, sued, I believe, for their vaccination requirements. So really we'll dig into that. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever been to Indiana University, this wouldn't be a huge surprise to you. Did you see uh, that video I sent you that supposedly produced dorms? Oh, of the dorm cubicles? Yeah. Great, guys. Way to go. <laughs> Looking good, my dude. Boiler uh, up, Purdue. <laughs> boiler up it feels like they're in a boiler room um all right well so that is i i think hopefully you know it does seem like um we are inching closer towards i, I mean i don't know how to say it other than last week was chock-a-block with news right and and this week is a, is maybe a healthy off-season week uh mm-hmm. but it does it's starting to feel a bit like we are approaching the season again. I mean, Indeed. obviously by calendar time we are, but um, it, you know, the, it is an exciting time for hopefully a maybe normal season. Um, if you haven't uh, consider getting vaccinated. And if you want, either one of us will incessantly text you to get vaccinated <laughs> to make sure you attend your appointment. Yeah. So. Do you need a commitment uh, device? Uh, we'd be happy to annoy you about getting vaccinated. <laughs> it, it, in, indeed, we'll share, we'll dox you to all of our listeners and have them annoy you as well. So um, just reach out. Anyway, uh, Greg, let's head off Grand River. And before, I, before we oh, yes. cover what's on the, uh, on the outline here, have you been watching any of the Olympics? S- very little. Okay. 
Why? I've been in hotels uh, this weekend. I took a long weekend, so I, you know, brag. When the wife's is that ready, why you? It's is Olympics that you time. Called out of doing your duty as a as a, the editor of the pod. That's right. Okay. Yep. Cool. That's why I called out uh, for that exact reason. Anyway, I uh, yeah, they've been a good time. I kind of miss them. Is what I'm learning about the Olympics. Like. I have my same qualms that I've always had about the way that NBC approaches, you know, televising the events of like, bro, there's only so much swimming that we really need to be watching and speculating about. I don't like like how they cut between one sport to the other and leave you with a cliffhanger. Yeah. We were watching the, the women's gymnastics all around and then they cut to go to swimming for a time being, knowing that there's one event left. Sorry, I just need to get Yeah, I agree. Test. And also, I, this is your only opportunity to get into the more obscure events. I, I'd really prefer to see those. And I know that I could go through the motions of like streaming those online, but put them on TV. Like, I really don't need to see the, the swimmers standing in their warmups. You know, yeah. there's got to be something going on. Put it did on you, TV. Did you see that uh, on Peacock, they're streaming uncensored Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg doing commentary on, on the Olympics? <laughs> I did not see oh. that. Yeah, uh, there was like an equestrian event and um, Snoop Dogg's like, that horse is doing the crip walk. (laughs) It was, it it is truly, if anyone has not seen this, it is actually very funny and and quite a delight uh, to to see their, I mean, truly uncensored, (laughs) truly uncensored commentary. Uh, if you want, it's on Peacock. So that's, that's where I did see a bit that the two of them did about like adding words to events and they become another event. And I, I thought it was very funny and I, I, uh, I appreciated that. And, uh, I had no idea though, that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, what is, what is both owns unsurprising and it, it, you wouldn't be surprised if I told you that Snoop Dogg is funnier than Kevin Hart, right? Like. Sure. That, that wouldn't the, be a revelation to you. In, in fairness, Mr. Hart, in the, uh, in the video that I watched of the two of them, at least, he was playing the straight man. And sometimes it's harder to play the straight man and still be comedic. I've yeah, never done me, it personally. Trust me, trust me. So I've never done it. I, that's what I'm told. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can believe that Snoop's funny. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, Nice tangent, Kevin. Nice job. What a weird life that dude has had, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and now besties with Martha? Well, that's, I mean, I think that's old news at this point. Oh, yeah, no, it, it is for sure. But, I mean, to your point about a weird life. I mean, mm-hmm. Anyway. Recall back that that man got tried for murder. And uh, there was some really good evidence, actually, I think, if memory serves. Anyway, moving on. Uh Snoop's great. Uh, off Grand River topic number two. Things number. are getting a little testy down in the Big 12, eh? Yeah, so I think where we got to start with this is that the NCAA is, um, has essentially called the equivalent of a constitutional convention to explore wholesale, wholesale changes to their constitution. It, this cannot be a coincidence to be coming on the backs of of the news that we discussed last week and is now for certain that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did see, um, 
you know, there's been a lot of reports of, of schools from the Big 12 making overtures elsewhere. Um, we'll see if that, you know, ends up being true. The, the Big 12 commissioner sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN saying that they were the ones who encouraged this and that that would certainly be tortious interference with the business contract. Um, but uh, may have overplayed his hand. ESPN's uh, CEO sent a letter back that uh, just called the commissioner by his first name, which was, I mean, by legalese, was just the most dismissive thing you could have possibly done. It's a slight. It is a it's slight. meant to be a slight. Um, but, you know, someone did point out that it does seem a bit of a conflict of interest in all the things that ESPN actually controls about, about college football. Mm-hmm. Um, but that may be a conversation for a different time. What I'm interested in, in chatting with you about is maybe a bit of a continuation of our conversation last week, less about who's going to come to the big 10 or not, because, you know, I think there's increasingly conversations that maybe the big 10 doesn't need to add anyone, but I would say I would posit that question to you in the in the idea that's increasingly growing that the SEC is quite literally heading towards a, a bit of a super league um, that the Big Twelve could be disintegrating in front of us, and that and that all of that, whether the SEC ends up becoming a super league, whatever happens with the Big Ten, it doesn't really matter. That in light of the news about the NCAA, is that the NCAA could find itself divorcing itself from college football. Yeah. So I have not been, uh, I've been away from things. I have not been reading think pieces. I've not been reading rumors or innuendo on this subject. I've been reading headlines and blurbs. So uh, educate me, Jonesy. What The research what, I sent you, you mean? Yeah. Uh, what did all that say, the research that you sent me? Well, the 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 thought is, and, and this is, I think, from some more progressive writers anyway, it, it, over historically anyway. Um, and by progressive, I don't mean to couch it in terms of politics, but just people who are, who are a bit of contrarian to the status quo. Um, that the, the college football and the NCAA barely have a relationship together mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, the bowls aren't run through the NCAA that college the playoff football, isn't yeah the playoff isn't that 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 college football generally speaking um i guess cheating is kind of governed by the ncaa but they're about as effective as the international olympic committee is at, at governing cheating so i i mean i just the the thought is that as the sec gains more clout and power the connection with with uh the tv industry obviously you know whether ESPN interfered or not, it, it is quite clear that this is all TV based that you could see the NCAA just saying, ah, this isn't for us to govern anymore. That it's, that it's grown entirely apart in a way from the NCAA and, mm-hmm. and should be that the NCAA is, would be better served to govern all the other sports. This is almost similar to the like the theories of all of the football teams go semi-pro and even divorce themselves financially from the universities, and there's just some like loose fitting tissue there. <laughs> and uh, that college feels more tenuous will... than losing the NCAA, yeah. which I mean that that feels more tenuous. But yes, it does. It does. Um, 
I mean, it, it definitely seems that the SEC means to remove itself from the NCAA for football. I mean, I think that's fair to say. There is at least I, the idea that they have that that's, that could happen. Do you worry about the Big Ten falling behind? Falling behind in what way is my question. Like, I don't... I Sometimes I do wonder, especially now that we're discussing the idea that, like, there's going to be an expansion of the uh, of the postseason, and um, now with these super leagues, there might even be playoffs for the conference championships. And it's like when you're when you're up to playing 17, 18 games a season, like is that is so far removed from the spirit of what college athletics was meant to be to begin with. I I don't know really what falling behind means. I, I, I just wonder if maybe the sec is moving in a different direction uh, in terms of its goals or for its football than, than other leagues. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I will say that, um, I'm going to forget the name of the author, but um, I'll get it here. Um, It was Andy Staples from The Athletic. Mm. um, Took some Q&As on on realignment and did start out with the premise that if we're going to have this conversation about realignment, we need to identify that there are... um, I don't know how many um, thirty-ish schools that are that no matter what happens are not going to be left behind because they garner so many eyeballs mm-hmm. that they'll never be left in the dust. Right. Michigan State is one of those schools. So you know, and we've had iterations of that conversation on the podcast before, right? That that you know, in terms of coaching job, what you know, is this a top twenty-five job or you know, whatever? All usually playing into the insecurities of being a Spartan. But the fact of the matter is, is no matter where we head, in all likelihood, Michigan, Michigan State, um, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a good chunk of the Big Ten schools that will not be left behind in this conversation. Rucker. Nope, they'll be left. Uh, Purdue, gone. Indiana, Illinois, probably gone. Forks down. Forks Find down. Line. So be so, gone. You know, I don't. You know, I, I don't know that there's a resolution to this, but I, I think where I land on it is that I don't. I, the more that I think about this, the more that it's. You know, you start playing out. All right, what? Well, what's the next step? What's the progression here? And then I ask myself, is this fun anymore? And the reason it's fun has a lot to do first with the school that I went to, right? which is, as we discussed last week, right? you can't leave that connection to the school because I don't care anymore. The only reason I care about this is because of my school. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about the Lions. Right? Don't, like, don't say that. <laughs> no, don't, don't say that. that don't say hurt. that. But... Yeah. So, so anyway, I, I don't see that sort of divorcing. And then I also, you know, 
I weirdly, I have zero Big Ten pride, but I have zero interest in leaving it either. I kind of know what you mean. I, I think if it was challenged, I think you might find that you do have Big Ten pride. Oh, I just mean I don't root for them. <laughs> oh, sure. Right, like that's what I mean to say is that I don't got it. Uh, you know, you don't have that instinct time. of like, oh, you know, uh, Maryland's on the TV, but we're not playing them, so I want I want them to do well. No, I want them to do like shit. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I hope I hope that one time Ohio State kicks the ball off in football and the entire team trips simultaneously. That would be glorious. I would watch that on YouTube. <laughs> non-stop right like so yeah that's what I, I what i mean to say is that i i i have zero interest in in leaving the big 10 i enjoy the big 10 i i i root for the big 10's stature mm-hmm. i do not root for its success so what do you think about this concept and i think this might be where we're headed or maybe we move this we moved away from this idea that there would be some kind of more formal agreement between the big 10 the acc and the pac 12 where so I've thought a lot about what you said last week mm-hmm. and there's a generation of people. Um, I think of my dad and I, I say this lovingly, but who gripe about what's happened to the bowl system. Okay. And sure. The PAC 12 is garbage. Sure. They, the time difference is a real pain for TV, which is annoying to say, but it's true. Yes. It's a real problem. It's a real true problem. So, that said, if you could tell me that every year we had a version in football of a Big Ten ACC challenge, but in football, but with the Pac-12 because of our historical connection, historical connection over the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. I think that's fun and compelling TV. And this very nearly happened, like maybe 10 years ago now, where there was going to be a very formal, like every Big Ten team plays a Pac-12 team every year. So I, well, I like that. I think that's a great idea, personally. So you, have to, you also have to admit, and this is maybe less of a problem with the 12-team playoff, and, and I know we're going far afield here, but it is, these are things that I hope people are thinking about as they're formulating complicated opinions about all of this, mm-hmm. is that you know back, uh, how many years ago was it that we moved to nine conference games? Uh, only four? Four years ago? Something like that? Not that long ago. Well, Jim Delaney made a big thing about the nine and three, right? Like nine in conference conference games and and three, and and one of those had to be against someone who is not a pushover. Mm -hmm. Everyone had to be scheduling a Power Five conference. It It was near as a requirement as being an AAU member. And you look at what Alabama does, and it's not that. Right. And I'm I'm not challenging that Alabama is really very, very, very good. Probably always top four in the country at football. Good. But they play eight conference games, and they play four games against North Dakota Hoople. Well, occasionally they do play someone at AT&T Stadium. <laughs> Celebrate my callback. Celebrate my callback. Oh, yeah. Great. Great reference to previous episode. Great episode continuity. Anyway, yeah, so... Inside joke. I... <laughs> anyway, I... I think that's a, a challenge that the Big Ten would have to overcome in, in 
formalizing this alignment, right? Is that mm-hmm. is now you've so you've a got more in conference games, which is a higher level of competition. So that's more of a wear and tear on your on the the bodies of your athletes, presumably. Right. And then you're going to tack on a guaranteed game against another Power Five conference that you, you've also turned into a weird rivalry thing. Like, is that smart? Now it's smart from a TV perspective, and we are, I guess, applauding Texas and Oklahoma for making a savvy business decision. Question mark. Question mark. Indeed. No, I mean it's a savvy business move. It's shrewd. It's mean. I don't care for it, but it is savvy. I mean, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I suspect we'll talk about this some more over the coming weeks. It doesn't. It does not feel good to me though. And I'm trying not to be a stick in the mud about, you know, oh, I like my conferences the way they were, but it, it, it maybe is worth uh, chatting about more anyway. So I will just point out final thing. uh, I will just point out that MSU is almost effectively doing this at this point. I mean, with the the games against Miami, with the games against uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Washington, upcoming game against Notre Dame again, getting them back on the schedule. Like effectively MSU is playing a PAC 12 team or or an ACC team every year for the next like 15 years. So to formalize this, to make it put some marketing behind it, put some buzz behind it, I think is a good idea. And it lets you kind of band together the three remaining powerful conferences in a way that doesn't require huge structural changes, but kind of builds on their strengths in a, in a certain way. It would be about, it would be about the brands. It would be about scarcity of these types of games. It would be a little bit of the feel of the Rose bowl. It would be a little bit of the feel of, um, you know, like the big 10 ACC challenge, you know, the more Gavit games. Oh God. How do we forget about the Gavit games? <laughs> the Gavits. And and I don't know that this would cross over in other ways, but um, you know, for whatever it's worth on on an Olympic standpoint, since we were just talking about the Olympics, I think the Pac twelve, if the Pac twelve was a country, would be in third right now in terms of medals won. Can't play football, can't play basketball, but man, <laughs> the the thanks Olympics to Stanford, sports. yeah, we got those Olympics. So, you know, um, what's weird, though, is that the SEC would be the second highest rated ranked conference, mm. um, which I thought they had cut all of the Olympic sports just to fund football. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I think these partnerships are, are maybe the best path forward and the best antidote to the notion of a Super League, that by right. making conferences and conference rivalries relevant you reinforce their need, their integrity, and their structure. And it's big enough, too. Like, honestly, how interesting is it if the entire ecosystem is just 16 or 20 teams? I think the diversity is important in this whole thing as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think you can look at the Big 12 and say, hmm, we've always kind of thought you guys were frauds. But you did have Oklahoma, who was a great perennial fourth or third place team. Yeah. But like, you know, um, so you're better than the Pac-12, but but are you as a conference? 
I don't know. Should we move on and yes. use this as a bridge? You know, <laughs> looking at the Big 12 uh, to talk about our our very exciting, not a sponsorship opportunity for this week. Yes, obviously. And, and I think we need to celebrate you, Kevin, here because you did really biff last week. Yeah, I did. And so you I went out. It. It's true. <laughs> and you, you got us some bags. Um, you know, it is very clear that um, some, some, some schools in the big 12 are getting thirsty to leave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and are, are getting that, that pub out there about what they have to bring to the table. So Kevin, well, they're just, they're just raising awareness about, you know, new airport infrastructure and other assorted things that might be <laughs> happening near, near their campuses. So completed TBD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Very exciting. Um, and to that end, um, you know, this week's episode of Can't Read, Cannot Write is not brought to you by the Tourism and Conference Realignment Committee for Iowa State University. Yeah, yeah. Cyclones are getting in on this too. And they cannot wait for our podcast listener base to consider Ames, Iowa. We have it all. They have it all. There's the historic Lights, Camera, Ames Drive-In Theater, which is which is under new management in 2021. <laughs> you have in Ames, Iowa, this is true. Uh, you have no, you have a, your choice of no fewer than three different Hobby Lobbies to choose from. <laughs> and you have access to a premier children's hospital. Just a 129.9 uh, mile drive to Iowa City away. So uh, <laughs> as the Big 10 or the Big 12 reduces itself to a smoldering heap, please consider the winner of one of the last five Cyhawks trophies, the Iowa State Cyclones and Ames, Iowa, to join potentially your burgeoning super conference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Iowa State. We appreciate your sponsorship um, or not. Uh, as it were, not a sponsorship. Um, Kevin, it, I do. You know, this is obviously. If people have not seen Kansas's tweet, it's really worth a look. Do you think that their their supposed completion of the airport is um, maybe this is a little too East Coast liberal elite for you, but um, like Laguardia and the that it's, a slight of like we can actually do this, unlike some of you who have been constructing this airport for thirty plus years yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Uh, all right. Let's head to Twitter questions. And first up is, of course, friend of the pod, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Who has like 60 questions this week. <laughs> How many are we doing? Oh, Raymond, we missed you. Uh, we love you, of course. Uh, all right. So first one up is actually a great question. Um, Kevin, do you want to Yeah, I'll, I'll ask this you. One? I- no, no, I'll ask you this one. So Raymond Chains wants to know, and I, this is almost like a uh, a no dumb questions, just dumb podcast host question. Um, what is needed in an offensive tackle versus an offensive guard? And what will the Arkansas State transferee bring to the table? And why is Grinchy's opinion, why in Grinchy's opinion, will it still not be quite enough for this year? Raymond, that's a, a great series of questions that are at least related enough that we can count that as one. So... Um, Raymond, I, I think the, the, an offensive tackle is on, for those who don't know, is on the outside of the offensive line, um, which means that, you know, I guess the short of the answer is, is that, uh, the defending player has room to run around them. 
so an offensive tackle needs to both be uh, uh, stout so that they are heavy enough to not move easily, but they need to be tall, like a three-star Slenderman, mm-hmm. so that they can, uh, They, in particular, their arms need to be long to keep an opposing defender at bay. You know, I don't, the fundamentals of it are such that they just need to be able to get hands on, uh, on someone and, and provide that, that leverage on a, usually a quicker, lighter athlete to push them away from the quarterback. Whereas a guard on the interior doesn't need to have that same leverage to keep someone sort of away from the quarterback because there's less of an inside, there's less of an edge that that person can rush around. Um, so that would be the primary differences. Now, under Michigan State's uh, and plenty of other schools' uh, systems, but this seems to be more true in a modern sense, that offensive linemen, not your 90s cowboys, need to be mobile. There's a lot of running that's involved. And so you're, part of this is about getting guys who are both heavy but can wear that weight well. And so uh, it is about – it is when we hear us talk about height, it is both that ability to provide leverage and keep someone at bay, but also wear that weight in a healthy way that they're still very athletic. Um, so what will the Arkansas state, uh, transfer bring to the table? Um, this, this is Mr. Jarrett Horst. Yes. Of course, by the way. Uh, so Jarrett Horst, uh, is, is a proven commodity that is, so I, I don't know, Raymond, like I, to be candid, uh, other than to say that we've had people playing tackle historically that shouldn't be, that their body type is not aligned with what that position requires, their athleticism is not aligned with it. Jared is a guy who does have that body type and who is sought after by perennial uh, playoff contender Oklahoma twice for that role. And the fact that he was named to even though we've mocked the uh, the watch list for the awards, but that he was named to that watch list for tackles last year, then transferred out. There's reasons to believe that he will be a great addition to the team. Greg, why won't that be enough? Um. Well, I mean, just oh, simply like, because... let me just other say, sorry, because tackle is his true position. Kevin Jarvis, who's historically one of our best linemen over the last two years, will be able to move back to his natural position of guard, which will, it's sort of like a two for one. Sorry. Now you go, Kevin. A two for, uh, I, I'm just concerned that it might not be enough. I mean, there was so much, you know, musical chairs on the offensive line last year. Uh, there are so many unproven commodities there. Uh, with all due respect to Mr. Horst, I'm not sure it's going to be enough. So that's my wet blanket. Uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Thank Zero you. rushing touchdowns last year. That yes. should, why is one dude going to fix that? Uh, I'm going to save this next question uh, from Raymond Chains. It's the behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. We'll go, we'll do that last. Uh, next up from Raymond Chains. Uh, why don't most of the other follower, f- listeners follow me? Do they hate me and my stupid questions? Am I too weirdo? Are they intimidated by my brilliance? Uh, if I follow other small Twitter accounts, then by law, they must follow me back. Uh, I would agree. Follow back people. Also, uh, Raymond, I can't speak to you other than I find you entertaining on the Twitter machine. Um, but, uh, yeah, people give Mr. Neurotic Pants a Neurotic Pants a follow. Uh, And if I may, uh, you know, Raymond, we follow you. 
And I, I don't understand what else you need. Isn't that yeah. validation point, enough? Kevin. Fair point. Isn't Honestly, that validation enough? This we question's follow a little you. insulting. A little oh. insulting. Uh, but the next question uh, <laughs> from Raymond Chains. Are all of you toilet trained? <laughs> I don't know that Yali is. My son is not. And Plum, is he on the pod anymore? I, it's a good question. I, and I will say to this end, uh, I sure did make a mess of myself last week. So it's it's still up for debate. <laughs> um, and then, uh, have you ever tried to follow a cookie business that, that supports your favorite podcast only to be immediately blocked? That happened to me some months ago. Raymond. Is this true? So, well, I think, first of all, Kevin, we need to acknowledge the most important part of this question. Favorite podcast. Yeah. Okay. That's all uh, I see here. That's all I see. Um, but, uh, Raymond, uh, we will reach out about this. That would be uh, a little disappointing if that happened. Did we shall you... do a full investigation. No stone will be un- unturned. But if we find out you sent nudies, then mm, we're going to have some words. What's important is that we make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. It's the biggest refrain of the last 10 years of popular culture and news. Uh, And then finally, uh, this week, uh, Tim locks himself into the war room not to be disturbed while preseason plotting begins. What? Did you say Tim? Uh, well, I, I meant Tom, but there was no vowel in uh, what in what Raymond gave me, so I had to put it in there myself. I apologize. I meant Tom. Tom has locked himself in the ward room. Uh, Stevie falls out of the portal with his future uncertain. Lupe throws a cast iron pan at the reality show's cameraman. Poll show Gen Z is more familiar with Tom as a YouTube persona. That <laughs> last part is the best. Tom Izzo reinventing himself as a YouTube persona, and it catches on. Uh, I'm mostly worried, though, about Stevie Izzo falling out of the transfer portal. We have, like, a Stranger Things situation going on here. And I'm just worried don't know about Lupe becoming increasingly violent. <laughs> she's just, she's got a lot going on right now. Tom with the YouTube and Stevie uh, being off in the the physical uh, corporeal form of the transfer portal. Like, it's tough. It's tough. Indeed. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, next up, CT and TC. What is the most interesting class you took in college? Uh, I liked, uh, one of my econ courses was about micro uh, finance. So that is like financing in uh, developing uh, economies, you know, small financing, uh, you know, sourcing out uh, risk pools, those types of things. Um, and they were interesting, com- you know, concepts that can be used in a, in a number of different, uh, settings, not just developing economies They can be used like in, you know, neighborhoods and those types of things. Um, so I found that to be the most interesting class. The most interesting individual class I took was for one of my worst overall classes. It was MSU's then, uh, uh, like foremost scholar on the history of the city of Detroit. And he came in and taught us all about, Concepts that I frankly did not know a lot about at the time, but I have since done what I can to educate myself on these concepts about like redlining and about the, you know, the financial history of the city and what caused flight to the suburbs and um, how involved uh, businesses and taxation uh, incentives were and all of that. Um, 
So those are the two that immediately come to mind for me, Jonesy. Uh, what what reading was your favorite reading over at uh, the James Madison School? So my favorite classes were not from Madison. Actually. Really? Yeah. Um, so one that I did not pay enough attention to, but should have paid more attention to is, uh, was philosophy, um, of logic and reasoning, mm. which was a, a class that, uh, probably lends, lends itself more to math and programming than anything else. Um, cause it was all sort of, uh, deconstructing if thens and, uh, Clearly, I paid attention, um, but my my favorite was um, English constitutional and legal history, which were about. I mean, the, that's everyone's favorite. We should have removed that one from consideration. I mean, uh, too easy. It was. It <laughs> admittedly had my favorite professor, who on my papers you, you could still get a good grade, but you know her comments would all be like, "You're garbage. You're garbage. You're garbage." And you'd get an A minus at the end of it. Um, it was it was a really fascinating look at sort of the evolution of uh, the intersection of of a lot of philosophical authors and the pragmatic dictates of kings pre Magna Carta. It was it was fascinating. Um, yes, I'm a nerd. Anyway, uh, CT, glad we went down this uh, this road. I don't know that Kevin is. Uh, Kevin, what did you want to be when you were uh, a kid? Uh, I didn't have a plan. And in fact, still don't. What do I want to be when I grow up? Michael Jones, tell me. Uh, podcaster? That is, Raymond Chain's favorite podcaster? That is a question I'm asking myself all the time. <laughs> if anyone knows what I should be, please email can't read, can't write 1855. Um, uh, <laughs> I wanted to be an attorney forever, and then obviously that is not what I ended up liking. So I do remember when you went through that attorney phase, though. That was some. You mean the part where I went to law school? Yeah, that was yeah, a that, good time. That phase. Uh, finally, from CT and TC, uh, Jonesy, we did not cover this uh, when we talked about the vaccine mandate, uh, but most important question about the MSU slash U of M vaccine mandate, how will this affect recruiting? Well, Kevin, I think importantly, we actually didn't talk last week about what Mel Tucker said about vaccination mm -hmm. in that your vaccination status will play into whether you play. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's how reliable are you? Like, yeah, yeah. If there is, you know, in your life, some kind of COVID scare that removes you from being able to practice. Look uh, at Kirk Cousins and his dumbass. <clears throat> Kirk. Kirk, you're so dumb. God. Uh, I, so, I mean, I will say, yeah, you know, it, I, I can only speak to MSU because um, the goalposts at the school in Ann Arbor change all the time. But the, at, at MSU, it is very clear that that they've decided that people who are committed to their body in a certain way are, are really important to them. Um, and I think you've seen this in basketball with Tom Izzo on passing on guys that maybe in retrospect, he shouldn't have, uh, like, uh, I think he passed on, uh, Trace Jackson Davis because he thought he wasn't willing to lose the weight hmm. and went for Marcus Bingham. Hmm. Who's instead. all in on losing the weight. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, if I may have my class years messed up, but there is something there on that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I don't know about the mandate CT, but I do think that there's probably a conversation that's got to be had around this. Right, Kevin? Yeah. Like, are, are you a threat to the, the kids on my team? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, where did we end up? Well, never mind. I don't know that I want to go down that road. Um, okay. I, I, uh, I think it'll be net positive simply because define positive it'll oh god yeah that's that's really triggering choice of language on this subject um i i think that it's clear it's more to the point and it'll yield better outcomes for the team and better outcomes for the team yield better recruiting so that's and hopefully better public health as a result of all of it. Exactly. So for the yep. purposes of this question, for the purposes of this discussion, that's my that's my uh stance on it. Uh next up from Eman Center. Eman Center. Uh would you take a football season where the minimum level of success is the college football playoff, but U of M gets the rights to Zeke the Wonder Dog? Oh my god. So first of all, want to say Eman Center, Eman Center. Welcome to the pod. Sure. Thank you for the question. Second, let me just say this, that if my minimum level of success was the college football playoff, I will personally go and John Wick the shit out of the, the Zeke the Wonder Dog to make sure that happens. I think, I, first off, I think you need to rewatch John Wick. I, th- I don't believe that John Wick went off to go murder the dog. I no. think he was <laughs> no, righteously I'm using, I'm using, avenging I'm, the dog. I'm using the title of the, the, the movie to intimate what will happen to the dog. It, sure. is, it is implied. Now, if you wanted me to say, uh, if, uh, if I could go all Baxter on the dog, that would imply that I punt it like Punting Anchorman. off of a bridge. Yes. They duck him with his butt. Uh, tell you what, I wouldn't be willing to give up Zeke for a, uh, entry into the college football playoff. We've been there. We've done that. We didn't have to trade Zeke for it. A win? have not. A win? I wouldn't be able to look Zeke in the eye as I made this decision, <laughs> but it, it would be hard to turn down. Now, Kevin, let me ask you this. If, if there was something that was bad at the end of the throw, you know, the thing that did Zeke in. Would you throw the frisbee, knowing that it's going to lead him somewhere bad? I don't know why you're so hung up on this whole something terrible happens to Zeke. All for the premise of the question, <laughs> he just ends up in Ann Arbor. Now that is that is, is that terrible. a terrible thing to happen? Yes, maybe Zeke would rather die, but that's not what we're talking about here. And I'm also concerned about your fixation on the dog being dead. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next up from Eamon Sitter, who uh, took us on a, down a darker road than I imagined. Um, eight, or was required. It's been a minute since we've been on this subject, but with football coming up, it is it's a good time to revisit. Uh, are you pro or anti-Thunderstruck en- uh, entrance? If against, what would you rather have them do? So, Kevin, here's the thing. I'm going to turn it back to you, and here's why. I mean, I have nostalgia for Thunderstruck as an entrance. It is, it is we're, but we're approaching the threshold, it seems to me, where it is dated enough that it needs a refresh, 
but we're close to where it's so dated that it becomes nostalgic. It comes back around again. Yeah. So, I mean, I miss the 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 graphic that they used where Sparty got struck by lightning and used to slash through the logo of the other school. I don't think he ever slashed through it. I think he used his lightning charged sword to uh, to overcharge the opposing logo to the point tomato, where it tomato. Ex- it doesn't explodes. matter. Anyway, the point is that we're we're in this uh, this time of uncertainty. And would you ditch it? Would you keep it? Is there something better? I don't. I so it's usually infuriating to me when someone says we should get rid of something, but they don't have a solution to the problem. Right. I uh, am going to pull that card, though. In yeah. this case, I'm yeah. ready for us to move on from Thunderstruck, mostly because I don't think Thunderstruck represents the brand anymore. I, agree. I think Thunderstruck, when I think of Thunderstruck as sports music, I think of it as like rural high school baseball walk up music. Nice. And uh, I think we're moved on from that. I. I would, I'm okay with the team having some kind of say in this. I, I think Mel Tucker said as much in his first year on campus that uh, he was going to take a more active interest in the experience in the stadium and that uh, the team would have some kind of say in that. I think that kind of stuff should reflect the team more than it does currently. I think in some ways those experiences reflect the older moneyed part of the fan base rather than they reflect the student athletes. And I, I think I'm ready to start moving us in that student athlete direction a little bit more. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, though I would request that we play Thunderstruck while I see you on September 10th. Oh yeah. We're going to get Thunderstruck with a waterfall. If you know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying. I do. Um, all right, next up. Our dear friend, back again, the Upper Deck Jerk guy. Um, will the Delta variant be pruned by the TVA? Uh, I, what do you mean? You don't know this question? I do not know this D- question. Did you not watch the Loki TV show? Oh, Mr. No, Marvel I, over here. No, I, I am behind. I, it, please don't ruin anything for me. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but... Uh, there, Is it good? Is it good? I go back and forth on it. Okay, it's right. not as good as WandaVision. I'll say that. I think I can say that with uh, with high confidence. Okay. Um, so in the, the premise of the show is that there is a a uh, a like organization out there that keeps the multiverse of, oh, of yes. Marvel yes, aligned, yes, 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 yes. and it involves um, removing deviations from that core timeline. Uh, through a process called pruning. Um, and it would be fantastic if uh, if the TVA were to remove uh, the Delta variant from our core timeline. But given where we've seen that the core timeline has been headed and came from, the Delta variant just seems like it fits right in. So I think we were meant to get the Delta variant and the TVA will not be delivering us from this hell anytime soon. Mm, we are in hell. Uh, next up, what cigars do you think S- Coach Mel Tucker smokes? Uh, you are uh, I. No, I no. have maybe one cigar a year. What? I I have less than that. 
Really? Yeah. As a former smoker, though, any like Where as you you've been waiting out there. Where are you put my laundry out that way? I mean, Come on now. It, it was sometimes you know I'm a former uh, not smoker. Say more. Say more. I think we talked about this on the podcast. All right. Well, it's been once years. or twice. It's been years. It has years been. and years. Um, uh, I don't nice ones. I mean, nice like, ones. I I don't know. I mean. He took pictures again. We didn't even talk about Spartan Dog Con. Did you see this? You've- I did see this. I don't know. I, I I saw that he had a bunch of former players back at yeah. his basketball. Yeah, exactly. House. And have you seen that he has like a what's the thing where you it's a video golf thing? You know, you like you hit the golf ball and ah. it's, he has that in his home. I mean, so I don't nice ones. Do I think he has a humidor in his home? For sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Coach Mel Tucker got signed to a nice contract and he's putting it to use. He's not ferreting that money away. Yeah. Which honestly, Kevin, do you think that means he's likely to stay in East Lansing? Could be. He's spending that money here. All right. He's a boon to the economy. That's how you justify that contract. Uh, And then finally, from the upper deck jerk guy, so ellipses, Amani, question mark? So I don't know that this is particularly a troll because um, we haven't talked about it. Because we shouldn't bother talking about it. About the recruiting rankings? Oh, I, this, wait, this is news to me. Did he drop again? I, I believe he's now third. Wow. I, he could still be second. It doesn't particularly matter. But I don't think we acknowledged it specifically when he when he dropped a second. Um, maybe we did, but... We definitely did when he dropped okay. a second, yes. All right. Um, it is also worth mentioning that I believe now the class of 2022, Duke has landed the number one prospect in that class. That's as of, I don't know, a few hours ago. So, I don't know. Like, Nick Saban's quote, Kevin, about his quarterback getting all that money from the Mm -hmm. likeness, do you think that moves the needle? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that dude's going pro. I, I, when I saw this question, as I was reading it, I thought it was in reference to the fact that Amani is now releasing like top eights, top fours or whatever. And MSU continues to be in them. But from what I've heard from people that would know in the program, there is no conversation going on between Amani Bates and the MSU basketball staff. So, oh, so he's just doing that to not look like a. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so no is the answer and we wish him whatever. Next up, Mama Maple Leaf. Kevin, as Olympic athletes have illuminated a, Jesus Christ, as Olympic athletes have illuminated a justified focus on mental health, and I want to be very clear, it was about the language used and not the focus of her question. Um, as Olympic athletes have illuminated a justified focus on mental health awareness recently, what would you suggest for up and coming young athletes in how to maintain balance? <laughs> oh no. Guessing scotch is not a credible answer and cross country trip may not be advantageous during training. Kevin, those are jabs at you yeah, and yeah. Plum. I and I, I, the frenemy of Mama Maple Leaf, am somehow unscathed. 
Yeah, yeah. Looks like uh, she's rehoned her sights a little bit here on uh, on the rest of us. So we did not talk about this uh, this subject um, about Simone Biles being the most prominent, but other uh, other Olympic athletes are also speaking openly about um, some of the struggle that they've had with preparation and the circumstances and their mental health. Um, I don't have, you know, um, I, you know, good for them for, for moving in this direction. They're better suited for it than I am. Uh, I'm very much of the, the older generation of the bury it down, bury it Drink down. scotch. Yep. That's what the scotch is for right there. So I don't know that I have any, uh, great insight or advice for them, but have you been thinking about this with it being in the, uh, in the news recently? I mean, well, so I, I guess I've been thinking about it, and it's funny because we were, uh, I was talking earlier today um, about the uh, the new movie with Will Smith about the, the Williams sisters mm-hmm. um, and their father coming out. And, and certainly there's the, you know, you see pictures of like Tiger Woods when he's, uh, give or take the same age as my son, um, playing golf. And you're like, well... Don't have a prodigy in that regard <laughs> coming my way. <laughs> and so, um, but, you know, I, I, I do think about the relationship that, that parents have to have with their children for that level of success. Um, I do think about what we've celebrated from former Olympians in terms of competing with injuries that you're like, what, you know, that we would look back on now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a video of a, a gymnast from I forget who it was in the '90s. It wasn't Carrie Strzok, but who 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 landed on the balance beam on her head. Like, I mean, how alarming is that? Mm-hmm. And then was asked to compete in the next go round. And and yet we are on this podcast. We've criticized the Big Ten and Michigan State for playing Brian Lewerke after he took a headshot. And, you know, you went unexposed and bashed your head on a balance beam. Like, so, you know, I, um, I, and not to mention, you know, particularly when we're talking about gymnastics, everything, generations of those athletes went through. So I, I don't know, Mama Maple Leaf, it's a really great question. And and I think we haven't, I I guess we haven't sidestepped it because there is an unfortunate MSU tie-in on all of these stories. Um, but it was just more that we're, I, I don't know. It just didn't feel right for the podcast. Um, but if it's not making you happy, don't do it, I guess is kind of where I'm at. And I know Simone Biles pinpointed a very, a, a thing that's, that's, you know, most analogous to the yips as a reason that she pulled out, which is obviously a really great reason to not compete in a, in a sport that would could very seriously maim you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at my son and I'd say, you know, there's a, you, you, and you hope as a parent that you can judge on the, um, when there's just a, I don't want to do something because there's something that's more immediately pleasurable. And I, I just don't have fun doing this anymore. And right. I guess for me, your first step to mental health is it, when it comes to the dedication that's required to excel at a sport is, is this enjoyable to you anymore? And, and, you know, Kevin 
should be we should all be asking him that question about podcasting right based upon the episode he just put out when you commit such an atrocity to podcasting i i think that's the starting point do you take any any joy in this anymore Uh, we check in with each other on this like is this still fun to you and Mm -hmm. not every not every week is the same level of fun but it, it like we wouldn't be doing and and this is just the most trivial thing that we do in our lives um, so I imagine if you're doing a sport that I think you got to start there. Anyway, um, next up, Mama Maple Leaf. Envisioning what is to come now that the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma are accepting bids to join the SEC and with name, image, and likeness creating lucrative deals for players without having to go to the professional football, go go on to professional football. Uh, what's the future for following the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that that'll change that significantly. Yeah, um, I agree. I've I can't, I kind of think societally we're like done with you once, unless you, you know, end your career on your own terms after 15 years and you're willing to go into broadcasting. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I could eligibility limits, eligibility limits are the best thing that, that, that the NCAA has mm-hmm. because it is that, it is that churn of talent that, that actually provides you with your marketability because you are not the NFL. There is a limit, no matter how good you are, to the amount of time you can stay here. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the charm of it. I agree. Uh, and finally, from Mama Maple Leaf, uh, with the pandemic taking still another twist and turn for masking up, what color <laughs> nose and mouth covering will you don for the pod tailgate? Are you going green or are you going white? Well, we've given this a lot of thought, Mama Maple Leaf. Thank you for asking. Finally. This is the big question. This question would have gotten you first place in the in the Twitter question competition. I don't know what why you're holding this back on us. Kevin, are they selling uh, MSU masks? I mean, I've definitely seen tons of MSU masks, so I uh, I assume. You know what my plan is though? Grab a clean mask when I walk out of my house that morning. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, why don't you why don't you grab a couple, you know, MSU ones? for us for the game that's all i'm just saying you know okay. when you when you just go do that do that oh, now sure i'll go do that right now Excuse and me. uh you know um i'll t- i'll take green kevin will take white there we go uh next up from nate c uh jonesy what's your go-to fast food i assume fast food lunch or just he just has fast lunch while on the road <sighs> kevin um We've kind of dabbled in this topic. I am a Taco Bell guy. Mm. And then I tend to be on some turnpikes, and that usually means that it's a McDonald's or a Burger King that's available to me. Mm. I'm going BK. Of the two of those, Wendy's will take precedent over the both of them, though. Yeah. No, this is the con. This is like, I don't even remember this. This is so foreign to me now. Um, Taco Bell would not be my choice. I think I'm a Wendy's guy. That's what I think when I'm on the road and I need a little something. You sound I, like I, Aziz, Aziz right now. I think I'm a Wendy's guy. Why? Why not though? Um, next up from Nate C, uh, please rate rowing, treadmill, elliptical, indoor bike. All right. Nate C, great question. First of all, it's treadmill first. Always, all the time. Wrong. Rowing, second. Indoor bike, third. Elliptical, throw it out the, the window. It's a garbage machine. You should never use it. 
If honestly, if your knees hurt that bad, you probably shouldn't be exercising. Uh, uh, to me, it's a rowing machine, huge gap, indoor bike, huge gap, treadmill slash elliptical. I don't care, but probably elliptical after treadmill. So you don't even have to balance the bike. It's not even activating most of your body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I I will gladly debate you on the treadmill, not in debate. I'll, I'll concede rowing versus treadmill, but like, come on. All right. Nate C. Great question. Next up. (laughs) Did you know questions apply to all hosts? Because I didn't realize I had to specify. I don't know what he's talking about, but. I think this means that he wants us all to answer every one of his questions. That's how I read this. All right. Noted. Uh, Bonus question. How long before we see an Olympic athlete capitalize on name, image, and likeness by way of an OnlyFans site? I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. I bet you they have to wait until after the Olympics because there's some some sort of conduct-related nonsense that they have to deal with. Could be. Could be. It's going to be a good time, though, Nate C. It's going to make some headlines. I'm on board. Next up from John Hubbard. Plex. Uh, Trouble with the Snap was on BTN this weekend, and I savored it maybe a little bit too much, question mark? Was I burying myself in the myopia of nostalgia to the detriment of future expectations or just having a fun stroll down memory lane? It's the latter. It's the latter, my man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great memory down. It's a stroll down memory lane. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. It doesn't have anything to do with the future. Um, next the up present. from John Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, in the present, just remember where uh, where uh, Mr. Paul Bunyan is right now. Um, Gruff Sparty is just Popeye with cocaine eye <laughs> and a five o'clock shadow instead of a pipe. Changed my mind. No. And I love that Kevin is laughing and doesn't want to. The best is the cocaine eyes. Like, <laughs> and can you tell me? Can you tell me you couldn't see Gruff Sparty with a pipe? I've got Gruff Sparty right here. I saw. I've got to like take a look at this. You could see Gruff Sparty with a pipe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could definitely see it, like a corn cob. Yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is hard. Time, this is hard to, to I'm not, challenge. I'm not, I'm not debating it. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next up from John Hubbard. When will Greg drink himself under the table on the pot again? That was fun. Next week's number 100, baby. Maybe it's next week. John, it was fun. It was actually, that was one of the more fun episodes I've ever had recording. Um, all right. Joe Ashworth is up next. Which we make, if anything, about Henry Aaron Henry going undrafted? Uh, we should make it that it's hard to get in the NBA, right? Yeah, um, I, I don't put anything on the program. He was the third-rated recruit in his class. Yeah, and that's the third-rated MSU recruit. I mean... Yes, sorry, yes, that's what I mean, yes. I yeah. the, the NBA has certain expectations, certain prototypes, certain benchmarks that you have to hit, and it is tough to do those as an upperclassman, and it's tough to do those with his shooting numbers, frankly. So... Yeah, you know, people talk about Aaron Henry as a 3 and D guy. And I, I'm not trying to be mean because obviously Aaron Henry dragged MSU to the tournament last year. But look at his three-point numbers. They're bad. You can't be 3 and D if you can't shoot the three. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not possible. Um, he shot under 30% on enough volume 
but it was still only averaging, I think, one, less than an attempt a game. That's just not good enough. Yeah. So it's tough. It, we, we, I hope that that turns around for him. I do. Yep. I do. Agree. Nice have like, opportunities. Super nice guy, obviously. So, uh, anyway, uh, Joe Ashworth also asks currently watching Love Island US season three. <laughs> Joe, newsflash, this podcast does not care what. Yeah. What's your go-to trash TV? Yeah, come on. Fly fly that flag, man. Uh yeah, if you told me which office season you were watching, I might care a little bit, but no. Uh so the the Bachelor franchise happens a lot in this household. So I I pick it up by osmosis or by being in the room or whatever. Uh I I know what's going on in The Bachelor. Um, so that would be my answer to the, that question. What about you? Is there anything that you personally that I follow? Yeah. Oh, um, no, but, um, in this house, uh, it is, uh, the osmosis is for big brother, which is currently happening, um, or the challenge. Wow. Yeah. That really clocks your wife for like <laughs> when she came of age. Like, really like I know exactly basically how old she is based off of those things. <laughs> so what's crazy though, is that, uh, you know, I think, you know, this people who uh, listen to the pod won't, I stayed with my aunt for a, a time in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was first introduced to big brother and she was a huge big brother fan. Um, not the same age as my wife, notably. Um, but then when I met my wife and found out she was a big brother fan and that was all great, grand and wonderful. But then I introduced the challenge back to my aunt who is now a challenge fan. Wow. I I guess there's just synergy there because there's something about it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, next up from Joe Ashworth inspired by the craps table at coach Tuck's house, which current or former Spartan player coach or personality do you think is the best poker player? Um, well, uh, what's his name? He got it. it. Oh God. Oh God. He's picking up the pot. Will team is picking up the pot. He got it. He got it. The river card drops and it's like, oh, he got it. All in. He got it. It also seems like very possible that Will Teeman would like go to try to pick up the pot, but just not have the cards and just be totally wrong about everything. (laughs) But he'd still be like thrilled about it, or or the dealer's dealing the next hand. Yeah, and he's saying, he and he's still it. excited about what was going on on the river of the previous hand. <laughs> and you, oh god, Will Teeman, God. Uh, so I think I think what would be the best. I feel like Jack Ebling would make a decent. Like if you told me that he was on the poker circuit, I would not be surprised. Okay. There like you go. I mean, he's got like that sort of eighties. Yeah. Um, but in terms of players, what do you got on this? Uh, there's uh, what's his name from a long time ago that's was dabbling in professional magic card playing for a while. Oh, that's um, right. Uh, Koran Sutan. No. Um, oh my God, he transferred. Uh, Herzog. Herzog. That's right. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jim Bullman like... seems like maybe he would be on the circuit. Oh my god, Jim <laughs> Bullman is it? Can you just imagine <laughs> Jim Bullman so serious, like with the shades and like not talking to anyone? Coach, I can't like... go. I can't go on that recruiting trip. I have poker this week. Yeah. I think Herzog makes sense though. That's that's actually the best answer. That's the right answer. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Next up from Garve, uh, who's who's being edged in a little bit here with the uh, with the questions from uh, Eman Zinner. Um, prop bet of the week: square footage of Mel Tucker's house versus MSU's total scrimmage yards next season, pass rush or kick return. Over under six thousand. Ooh. Uh oh! It, it's for sure. Tucker's got the over. Or no, no. Tucker's got the under. MSU's got the over. That's I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking that. Yeah. Uh, there's some big houses in White Hills. I, I'm not sure they get bigger than than six k. Yeah, um, that's, that's a lot of house. That's a bunch like, of house. Wait, how much is a basketball court though? Oh, well, he's. I mean, he doesn't have the full court, right? He's just got the little, little extra. Do we, are you sure? I don't know. All right. Uh, next up, Evmarie24, who is on rotations, and we appreciate uh, the participation, who asks, Kevin, I think the most important question. Tuck coming? Oh, he's coming. Like, for real. Uh, he, we're showing glimpses right now of what I think the fan base wants to see. You know, he's personally hosting the former players at the house, starting to get on a recruiting role. He's already got a couple of big wins. We'll see what happens this year. Um, I'm gonna he's be got some ne- nice stogies. I'm going to be the negative Nelly for a second, though. I think Tucker purged his roster and pretty much said that explicitly at Big Ten Media Days. Like I, I, he, he was asked about whether he was surprised by the number of transfers out, and he said no. <laughs> so, so... And then he brought a bunch of transfers in and and he had choice and control over that. And to his credit, Tucker has not given us the like, you know, rebuilding as a process, yada, yada, yada. It is very clear Tucker wants to win now. Mm -hmm. So I, I credit him with that. But all of that said, Tucker brought some guys in and those guys can, can accurately be attributed as his dudes. So I think this year, it is fair to say we can evaluate his coaching in a way that we weren't able to last year. So uh, signs of life on the recruiting trail? For sure. I want to see that that Tuck's a coach, too. I think that's reasonable. Because D'Antonio yep. was a coach. For sure. So, anyway, great question, Ed Marie. Very good. And a great episode, our 99th, Michael Jones. Uh, uh, next week will be what number? What comes after 99? I cannot read, cannot write, cannot count. Add. <laughs> yes, next week will be 100. Uh, we will be... Hmm, uh, should we record early and then get sauced after? <laughs> and yeah, that, I mean, that doesn't set me up to make any mistakes in editing, for sure. It's the perfect approach. Let's do it. All right. Anyway, uh, for for Kevin, I'm Mike. Uh, this has been Can't Read, Can't Write. And Kevin, go green. Go white. Not Alex Plum. <laughs>